Winning a national championship is what I came to Oregon State for, and I've been short with the guys the last two years, so just really trying to find ways to build a strong, healthy foundation physically and mentally with this team and, and then and go out and do it in the spring. Welcome to episode 245 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. It's championship time around the baseball world as the playoffs are either just getting underway or are wrapping up. So here are a few of the highlights from another busy week. Congratulations to Sherwood Park's Scott Gillespie and the Welland Jackfish on winning the Intercounty Baseball League Championship. Full count, two out. Everybody nervously watching. Everybody anxiously watching. Here it is. That's strike three, and for the first time, the Jackfish have brought a championship to the city of Wellens. 17-1, the final score tonight. The former Prairie Baseball Academy and Edmonton Prospects hurler was joined on the roster by former WCBL star McCoy Pierce, and a bit of a spoiler alert as Gillespie will be a guest on next week's episode of the podcast. Big congratulations as well to Lethbridge's Tanner Jesson Dalton and the Quebec Capital on winning the Frontier League Championship. 0-2 again. Outside. Strike three. Deja vu for the Quebec Capitales. Back-to-back Frontier League champions. That roster also includes a handful of players familiar to our province, including former Sylvan Lake Gulls all-star Jonah Wisner, Dogs Academy grad and Atlanta Braves draft pick Ben Thompson, and Vauxhall Academy grad Martin Vincelli Simard. Speaking of Vauxhall, Adam Macko can also call himself a professional baseball champion. 79 win, looking for number 80 to win it all. 3-2, line to short and caught! The Canadians drape the Northwest League flag across their shoulders for 2023. 10-2, your final. The bullpen cart will deliver the bullpen arms as the seas dogpile by first base. 135 games, 80 wins, an 80-grade season for manager Brent LaValle and the Vancouver Canadians, champions of the Northwest League. The Stony Plain product picked up the win for the Vancouver Canadians in Game 1 of the Northwest League Final against Everett. The Aqua Sox did win Game 2 before the Canadians won Games 3 and 4. Mako finished the season going 5-5 and with a 4.81 ERA in 20 appearances. Dogs Academy grad and former Okotoks dog slugger Dane Tofflin is also a champion as his Ogden Raptors swept the Billings Mustangs in the Best of 3 Pioneer League Final. Eddie leaves the 3-2. Fastball swinging a miss up and in for strike three, and the Raptors have done it for the first time since 2017. They're dogpiling as they take home their second Pioneer Baseball League Championship. The Grand Prairie native hit 248 with nine home runs and 26 RBI in 47 games with the Raptors, whose head coach is former Medicine Hat Blue Jays All-Star Cash Beecham. And finally, congratulations to the Calgary Diamondbacks on winning their fourth straight Foothills Major Baseball Association title, knocking off the Calgary Dukes 8-6 in the third and deciding game of their championship series on Sunday. Joe Surgent wins six innings, allowing six runs on nine hits while striking out eight, while Alex Bishop and Brent Cooper drove in two each to lead the charge offensive. 
offensively. One more big note for you, and that is the Canadian Future Showcase being put on by the Blue Jays Academy. It started in Toronto on Tuesday and runs through Saturday, featuring 20 Alberta athletes as well as several others who train here. We've had a few conversations previewing the event in recent weeks. We have a few stories already up on our website and a few others still to come, and then we'll break it all down for you again on next week's episode of the pod. This week, we head down to Okotoks, where Dogs Academy took its relationship with NCAA Division I powerhouse Oregon State to a new level. The two programs have always had a strong connection, but this year the Beavers decided to hold a multi-day camp at Seaman Stadium, complete with inter-squad games and a Saturday evening tilt under the lights against the host academy. Our Ian Wilson has spent a few days down there gathering interviews and taking in the festivities, and we'll start off his coverage with Beavers head coach Mitch Canham. Mitch, welcome to Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. Tell us about uh, Alberta and uh, your, your trip here and how it's been so far. Yeah, well, uh, we've, <laughs> we've all been thrilled. Just uh, the, the different environment from being on the college campus, getting away, spending a lot of time with each other, you know, whether it's working out in the morning in the weight room, uh, going for, for walks or jogs early in the morning too. So, you know, just little things like setting the alarm clock in the hotel room, something that no <laughs> one's done because we've relied on our phones. But what we've done since we've been up here is really put our phones away, um, collect them, get them out of sight, out of mind, so that we're not sitting there um, looking at social media or, or just wandering aimlessly through, you know, uh, safari, safari or Google Chrome or whatever. <laughs> uh, so just giving guys a big opportunity to connect, uh, talk about who they are and what their their goals are for the short term and the long term um whenever you have new guy every year you're gonna have new guys come into the like the program and we talk a lot about family and this this being a strong brotherhood and earning each other's trust and so we're giving everyone an opportunity to do that and the sooner we can do those kind of things the sooner we can have those truthful conversations that lead to real development and getting up here having phenomenal facilities there's you know, three fields, indoor, a lot of cage space that we can divide up and uh, have the pitchers get extra attention with Coach Dorman, have the hitters get extra attention with Coach Gibson and um, our defenders an extra time with uh, Coach Wong. So it's been, uh, you know, uh, throughout, you know, the point where we're at right now, I'd say we've, we've, we've accomplished what we wanted to do up here thus far. And nice thing is we still got, you know, three and a half more days of being up here waking up early and putting in a lot of work so guys guys are really enjoying it i've heard a lot of great feedback um haven't had a ton of chance to get away from the the field and experience a little bit more of of alberta but running up to calgary was fun and having a great meal up there and seeing the city and um guys are already just enjoying a little bit of this space and having mike and mcdowell up here too who trained here uh you know kind of giving us the lay of the land and uh, different spots that we can check out or um, but I mean really the community has been very welcoming a lot of uh, kind people and uh, tons of smiles so we've enjoyed this experience. Coach Pat Casey uh, had played AAA in uh, in Calgary and uh, I believe it's first son was born in Calgary as well yeah, so I'm just wondering if uh, <laughs> if you had any chats with him about uh, the city or or the region well the uh, Corvallis is also a, a smaller community uh, population wise and uh, the night before we came up here uh, took my uh, wife and kiddos out to dinner and ran into coach Casey and 
and Susan and said, hey, and we're heading up there tomorrow. Oh, you guys are going to love it. And we went and she shared stories with us about when he played in, in Calgary and, you know, some ideas on where to go. And also, we knew this from before that John was born up here. John, John's always around and, you know, he, he, he reminds us that he was born up here. So it was it was just fun. And, like you know, it seems like a, a, a tighter knit community here in the Okotoks and Corvallis being like that too. Not a ton of distractions. Work, be a part of a community, build relationships. Um, uh, you know, so it was it was just it was funny. Like the night before, running into Case yeah. and talking about this. Uh, tell me about uh, just the goals for for this camp specifically. You, you touched on it a bit, but uh, I assume bonding is part of it. Getting to know the guys. Um, I, there's a technical aspect to it as well. No doubt. First and foremost, the relationships that they're building with each other and getting to experience um, a, a different area than they've most all of them have ever been. Um, but the, the, the small things, getting the fundamentals down, and, you know, we're doing stuff in the mornings and we're doing stuff in the afternoons. Nothing too heavy. We're not trying to necessarily uh, physically push them beyond their means. But it's more so breaking it down, uh, rest and recover. Right now, you know, guys are grabbing lunch and probably going to go do some, uh, you know, some mindful exercises, close their eyes for a minute, lay out in the grass, uh, enjoy the cool breeze, and then pick it up again. So all of our work should be filled with strong intent uh, as opposed to trying to get everything done in three hours. Well, we can do a two-hour session and then we pause and then we do another two-hour session. Um, and then it also allows for stuff in the evenings for us to do, uh, like, you know, just open meetings with some of the guys, grabbing them, uh, bringing them in and sitting down talking about what their expectations are, uh, in the classroom as it starts, uh, next week, how they're going to be successful in there. What does their routine look like, uh, with their study habits? Talk about character. What are the things that they're good at? Where do they want to develop? And really with this kind of time and not having all the other distractions that may be going on back in town um, we can learn these guys and understand how they communicate and help put together that kind of like 30-day plan to enact it and then we meet again in another month so this is really like setting the foundation I guess uh, any any big structure is going to have a really big foundation and if our goals are, are, are big and audacious and just like ready to conquer the world. We need to make sure the foundation is ready to roll right now. I really wanted to ask you about coaching the modern athlete because we hear a lot of, uh, for lack of a better word, the, the old school mm. uh, coaches and mentality like, oh, kids today are soft or they're, you know, they, you know just the, the, what I would call misnomers, but you can enlighten me on, on what you've seen because you, you know, when when you were playing and uh, and coaching pro, I assume, you know, the, the landscape has shifted somewhat. I've always, uh, part of coaching in the Mariners organization um, that I enjoyed was the off season and going home and training, you know, high school age student athletes. It's getting a wide range. If you stick and train just one specific group, uh, you don't really understand the next group coming in and you want to have an idea of how they communicate I mean just you know some of the the terms that they start to use or some of the teaches that are being um, used uh, uh, throughout their development uh, 
it's always it's always going to change so we can sit around and argue about it. it's not like it used to be or you know, start understanding what they're doing take the good stuff from when we were developing as young student athletes as well um, and know how to communicate it because there's there's I guess the teaching process you know you have you have to have knowledge of the subject which it's all out there. You can jump on the computer and all different outlets and start learning, get out there and work and, and discuss. Uh, so the knowledge, you have to have that, but then you gotta be able to communicate. And so you have all the wisdom in the world, but if you don't know how to communicate it to each and every guy on the team, can they all speak a little bit different language um, this year and next year it'll change as well, then we're not gonna really be able to develop. And then comes the accountability piece. How do you hold this group accountable and then individually how do you hold each one accountable um, so always adjusting in those three things you're always trying to learn you're always trying to communicate and you're always trying to hold guys accountable to what our standards are and how to play the game the right way and how to live uh, as as young men and develop into grown men so uh, not saying like you know well it was harder back in the day than it is now yeah there's more there's more resources right now there's more information on nutrition and rest and hydration and breath work and really the swing mechanics and breaking things down and tools that we can use with edutronics. So I guess you don't have to necessarily go out and work on the field every day because a lot of fields are turf, mm -hmm. especially in the north. So when you say, hey, we're going to go tamp the mound, what does that mean? I, I've never done that before. Oh, geez, these kids these <laughs> days. No, it's just they play on turf. So now instead of spending, you know, 15, 20 minutes uh, putting the field together and, and prepping it for the next day or whatever, you can use that time to do other things. And it's just there's, there's adjustments that can be made, but I don't think that we need to say one group is uh, softer than another. It's just different. And... Uh, I think sometimes if we get stuck in how things were um, and not have some understanding of what it is now and how they they need to act, we're losing it and we're going to lose our guys and we're not going to get the full potential of our development. So like right now, like again, taking the phones and saying, hey, we don't need those right now. Is it different? Yes. Is it a challenge? Yes. Is it a threat? No. It's just something different. Let's try new things. You go out to the restaurant, you eat the same meal every time eh, why not try something else you never know if you're gonna like it right or if your taste buds are changed so we're just trying to get guys to uh, little by little learn some of the old school but also us learn some of the new school and find the right blend that works I, I'm really curious as well about your uh, your career path because you were you played pro you were coaching uh, in the Mariners organization and I, I think from the outside it'd be it'd be easy to say well, you know, I'm on the path. I'm on the right, going going places, and and people look, I think, at pro and going to MLB, and that's kind of the view. Mm. You pivot, you go to OSU. What? Uh, just walk me through that 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 decision for you, and and going that route. Well, I'll, I'll share a a little story. In high school, uh, our wrestling coach Brent Barnes, he's phenomenal. Lake Stevens High School wrestling program like has always been is and will be elite brent barnes uh, just retired after 30 years of coaching you know high school and and, and teaching uh, physical education 
And I remember asking him, I was like, hey, like you're one of the best in the world at this, like coaching wrestling. You develop the program and have all the right kind of people around. You, you have the right teaches, the mentality. Why don't you go coaching college or anything? He's like, this is what I love. I love being here. I love teaching this age group. I love ha- being a part of this community. I lo- like, why would I want? I'm not. So it just, it sparked the idea of, are we chasing money are we chasing fame or what, what exactly are you going after and i love oregon state when i was hired by the mariners and as after i got done playing i told my wife ah no more pro ball for for me let's 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 make a move but getting a call from the mariners who i where i grew up and had watched every day throughout my childhood you know it just put a huge smile on my face and i was one i was like i'm in I, I want to be a part of this organization. I get to be around Edgar Martinez and Dan Wilson and all these other phenomenal coaches um, and, and kind of just help bring back that, that, that pride for the Northwest, be a part of that. And I guess I told, I told them when I took the job, I said, I will be here like, above and beyond any other job except for one. If I ever get the opportunity to be at Oregon State and I'm ready for that and it works, uh, like that's my that's my dream. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about ever necessarily coaching in the big leagues. I just, I guess, I, I learned to be present. If I was coaching in low A, I really wanted to just be the best low A manager and take care of that group of young men and staff that I possibly could. Moving to high A and double A, it was the same thing. Instead of always necessarily worried about that if I can be the best where I'm at right now if I can win today then the rest is going to take care of itself and that's where I got to learn a lot about uh, you know during the day manage the club in the evenings or in the mornings that secondary job of learning scouting learning analytics poking the brain of our uh, strength coaches and our athletic trainers so you're trying to learn the body and the mind and all that so I felt like I was just trying to expedite my learning process like go 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 learn and apply fail and get back up um, and so, like, of course, I, I would love, I'd love being a part of the Mariners and to be a part of the big leagues. But I thought being in Double A or being in A ball was still just as valuable and important. And I still felt just as happy about being somewhere um, rather than chasing. You know, was I would I be chasing fame or like fortune at that point? But I realized a long time ago it wasn't about that. I want uh, the purpose that the big man upstairs is is calling me to do so I just try to listen and say hey wherever you want me I'm ready to be and I'm you know obviously extremely excited that uh, Oregon State is 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 where uh, he's asking me to be right now and I hope he continues to ask me to be there for another like 21 25 30 years because um, like that I don't ever see myself going anywhere else my wife my kids love it there they love being around the guys the community um, but you know, I, I got a lot of that. Hey, you're going from pro ball to <laughs> to college? Yeah. yeah. Oregon State is an extremely special place. Developing young men, not just for the three, four years that they're there, but you get to, you know, build relationships with them before that. And then the cool part that's coming up is now having been there for four years, you get to go to a couple of weddings this next <laughs> month of some guys that used to, you know, play here at Oregon State that I got to coach. And so that's the the long-term relationships that you get to build and guys are going to go on and play professional baseball guys are going to go on and have uh, various other careers and families and i think that's the special part 
as opposed to just saying, you know what, where's the next job that's going to pay more? Where's the one that's going to get more recognition? I think putting all those material things aside and saying, where's the right place that God wants me to be? Um, where's the best place for our family to be? And where can we impact others? Well, that's like the daily goal. And what we've been talking about a lot up here is it's game day. Let's win today. Mm-hmm. Right? We'll, we'll, we'll take care of tomorrow. But if we do our best today, um, whatever tasks that come up, we need to clean the field. Let's clean the field. We need to run more picks and rundowns. We need to get up and lift early at a different time. Great. We need to go to bed at a decent hour. Let's practice doing that. So it's just been it's been a phenomenal journey, and I look forward to you know more of the journey that today brings. Uh, just a few more questions yeah. for you because don't want your stomach growling here too much. <laughs> but uh, uh, just a couple scouting reports. One on on Michael McDowell. Mm. Um, both as as men and as ball players, what what have you seen from Micah in in your time with him? Well, it's been so cool being up here, and then <laughs> it being in the weight room, and you see uh, their Hall of Fame for the sixty yard, the twenty yard, the T drill, the five ten five, and you see Micah's name up there in the Hall of Fame. So just kind of sitting back, reflecting a little bit, like man, this is where he trained, and so not not just that, but for each of our guys, they all have their own story and where they came from and so I bet there's like just a, a ton of uh, emotion going through him being up here again and he could sit back and reflect and go man I worked my butt off up here you know cold winters beautiful summers you know being around the guys sitting in that weight room training and being around a great staff uh, going a long way from home right from Nova Scotia out here and going to school and training there's just so many like cool experiences and I remember like you know freshman sophomore year didn't go the way he planned um you know had an injury in there as well and trying to come back from that but I remember that like that transition of him going from uh just kind of passive and unsure to I'm a bad man here we go <laughs> and the attitude and him being around other guys like Wade Meckler and Melton um Garrett Forrester and Bazana and like all these guys around him and you start to become who you surround yourself with and it's been beautiful watching him make that transition and last year he got in he didn't even start the first like the like right out the gate right and then he gets that opportunity for that bat crushes the ball and you can see his just demeanor running across the field and you're like hey this isn't this isn't that old guy we saw. I think <laughs> this is the guy we've always been waiting to come out of his shell, and watching him just progress throughout the season, offensively on the bases, on defense, just playing like he is the baddest dude on the field is just so fun to watch. And then, um, you know, that carrying into the off season and him wanting to go out and play and building strong relationships with the guys coming out of his shell. And so, you know, I think also not being picked up in the draft put that extra bit of fire in him to go out and go, you know what, I'm going to give it everything I got. I'm going to do it again. I'm not going to let people or, or the draft or anything else make me waver from what is my purpose. Go out and win. And um, yeah, it's just, again, that's, that's a part of college athletics. You're watching guys grow up as human beings and as athletes, and you get to do that every day. Speaking of the draft, one of the, the more highly touted prospects on your roster is Travis Bazana. What can you tell us about him? That's, that's a, obviously a very special human being. Okay, on the field, 
wow, right? He can hit, he can run, he can defend, he can he can do it all. And he's his intent, his ability to compete and win, is we haven't seen many guys like that. And um, but also like who he is as a human being and how much he cares. I mean, we're talking again another guy who is thousands of miles away from home and doesn't get to be around the family so they're sacrificing so much and so they're giving everything they have into this and as I watch when guys are taking time off he's the kind of guy that wants to go help people if anything he is always trying to I mean he's studying psychology right now because it's going to help his game and help him communicate and connect with others and help them elevate their game so it's it goes much beyond the baseball stuff that's a guy that uh I say myself and and all others look around and go. I trust that guy to do the right thing. I trust that guy to always give his best. I trust that guy uh, that he's going to be successful and overcome adversity. And he knows he's got some things that he's always working on. He's never satisfied. He doesn't get too high. Um, you know, if anything, he's just trying to maintain that consistency with all aspects of life right now. But he is, um, as I refer to, part of the one percent and even part of the. The one percent of the one percent. It's he's, he's very special. What's a, an anecdote or two that we wouldn't see on a scouting report about about Travis? Like things that you've seen. You, mm. you kind of touched on it a bit, but is there any any things that come to mind? I mean, I in witnessing him briefly, he just always seems to be talking talking about hitting or talking about mm-hmm. some aspect of the game. So, uh, well, put it like, uh, last summer, uh, I reached out to all the guys and I said, hey, we do a lot of classroom sessions in the fall. We talk about life skills. We talk about baseball stuff. I go, if anyone wants to present, please come ready for the fall, and I'll give you some time to get in the classroom. Travis came in in the fall, and a guy who loves hitting, and did a uh, hour-long presentation on induced vertical break and uh, like building stuff with a slider. So, a pitching presentation about how to help our guys get better and why these things are important. Um, and trackable and you know how to improve them it was it was amazing and everyone said back dude but you're you're a hitter why does this I just really interested in it I want to study it and I want to share with it and so he's going to do another presentation this fall and it's actually encouraged other guys to come up and present on things that either they are passionate about or things they just don't know and want to do research on so it's that that learning that constantly goes on He's a guy who can take a scouting report and he'll soak in all the information and it won't cloud him. Whereas other guys like, just tell me how hard he throws or is he right-handed or left-handed? I want it that simple. Yeah. Um, but very intellectual. And uh, if he's playing second base, he's locked in on the pitcher because he wants that guy to be successful. And he's going to be the guy to go help him out. Not just necessarily put on blinders and do his thing. His thing is leading and being a part of all of it. Uh, last question for you. We ask this for uh, most of the guests who come on our podcast. What does the game of baseball mean to you? Hmm. Well, I was a wrestler, a football player, and a, I did baseball sometimes growing up. <laughs> and I just being around the game and also on the coaching side more, I enjoy it probably more as a coach than I did as a player because um, you don't have stats. You just focused on other people I just it's the it's the the everything the holistic piece that you get to spend time the the when the ball falls or when you strike out which you will and the ball will fall and uh, adversity will come things that are out of your control 
you know, a call that you maybe disagree with, a fan, the weather, and it's just how you handle all those things. So it's just such a, a, a strong parallel with the rest of life. But you get to, <laughs> you get to play baseball, you get to run around, <laughs> you get to be active. You know, no different than us coaches that, you know, we're older and older and older <laughs> now, and you know, I turn 39 next next month. But yeah, yeah, do I want to get out and swing the bat? <laughs> sure, I do. You know. <laughs> Not just the fungo, but I want to take BP from time to time or, you know, take ground balls with the guys or fly balls or play catch, just simple things like that. So it just reminds you of just how cool it is to get to do what we do. And then the other element, when you put on that jersey and those kids are coming out to the game, that jersey is a, a cape. It's a it's a your superhero costume. And how you can influence and change other people's days and so we train so hard, and not not necessarily just for us, but the reality is you're transforming other people's lives. As a Mariner fan or as a Seahawk fan, look at all those years when, well, when the Seahawks win the Super Bowl, what did that do for the rest of the Northwest? Suicide rate went down, <laughs> right? Joy, just people talking um, that Monday morning, at, you know, at the office. How about that game last night? That was amazing. And it fuels you through the week, and then you get excited for the next game. So it's like sport brings joy. Sport brings a ton of emotion and togetherness. What a, what better than take your family to a ballpark and watch a game and grab a bag of popcorn and some hot dogs and a soda and sit there and cheer and just feel that emotion with them as well. But that's community. Putting your phone down and getting to communicate with people and that's the beauty of baseball. No one gets to take their phone on the baseball field when we're playing, right? Yeah. So they. They have to learn their body language and how to like, like be verbal with one another. It's awesome. Next up is one of the star attractions from the Beavers, and that is Travis Pizana. The Australian hit 374 with 11 home runs, 55 RBI, and 36 stolen bases this spring before tearing it up in the Cape Cod League with the Falmouth Commodores taking home the 2023 Pat Sorrenti MVP award. He's considered one of the best young prospects heading into the 2024 MLB draft, and Pizana has his eyes set on being chosen number one. Travis, just tell me what your initial thoughts on uh, coming to Okotoks and uh, Southern Alberta. I love it. Uh, I feel like Canada has some similarities to Australia. It's it's definitely different here in Alberta than where I'm from in Sydney, but um, I feel like the people and some of the quality of food I've had and uh, yeah, it's it's all a little bit similar to Australia. So um, it's a nice change, and I I always enjoy traveling. So it's been great. You room with uh, with Micah, uh, so did he give you a scouting report on the area and the facilities? And yeah, Micah had high praise, <laughs> um, high praise, and he's kind of been guiding the he's been the tour guide a little bit. So um, it's been great. Micah and I have a great relationship, and he he's told me a lot about the area. So um, I've been enjoying uh, seeing it all firsthand. Uh, tell me about your approach to this season and what your you know just uh, your goals for this year. Yeah. Just trying to build build a foundation right now with these guys. Uh, I'm going to my junior year, so I feel like I have a place to play a role in leadership and and really build the relationships and help the guys go out there and perform their best as a team to go win a national championship. So winning a national championship is what I came to Oregon State for, and I've been short with the guys the last two years, so uh, just really trying to find ways to build a strong, healthy foundation physically and mentally with this team and and then and go out and do it in the spring 
Do you uh, do you pay attention to the you're a highly touted prospect? Do you pay attention to all the, the the draft chatter, the the lists, all that? To, <laughs> tell me about that. No doubt, I, I do pay attention to that. I think I've always been hyper competitive and and wanted to know where I sit and and been self-aware myself but also I've always wanted feedback and I've always wanted to be criticized I kind of feel like I'm fueled with um, those things and seeing seeing names above me behind me all that I, I just use it as motivation and roll with it so I, en I enjoy seeing those things and um, and I think I'm good at taking feedback whether it's positive or negative so I, I, I look into it but I still control what I can control and don't really let it um, affect too much is the goal to be first overall is that like does that motivate you and drive you no doubt uh i think yeah i think right now like i'm trying to go as high as i possibly can and really the way i'm going to do that is just control my outcomes on the field and just be process driven and keep improving every single day so i don't know i don't think there's been a second baseman go first overall in a really long time um and i'd love to break that barrier but um, I'd have to hit the house down so just continuing to get better and and know that there's a long way to go in this game and even if I'm, even if I'm getting touted in the first three or five picks right now like I've got a long way to go to to where I want to be so just continuing to improve. Talk to me about uh, being Australian and and your role within being an Australian ball player and yeah. you, you have a chance to make some history on that front as well what does that mean to you for your home country that means everything to me uh i had role models growing up that were in the big leagues position players from australia and um i just looked up to them and always wanted to be like them and then i guess in the last 10 10 years or so there hasn't been many position players out of australia um playing in the big leagues and uh it's been a tough a tough go for baseball australia they've got some great people at the top um and trying to trying to grow the game in Australia, but it's just been hard with all different types of things. Fundings, not, baseball not being in the Olympics, um, us not having much MLB success, uh, it it makes makes things tougher. So I think I've got a place now where I can really pursue my goals individually and then that can help out me giving back to Australia and hopefully bringing growth and funding and, and resources to the game back home. I haven't been around you much, but when I am, I see you talking about hitting a lot, talking about stances. And yeah. Just tell me about that art of hitting and how invested you are as a student in, in that aspect of the game. Yeah, I think I'm a, a student in, in everything I do in life, and I'm just obsessed with hitting, and I have been for a long time. I think that I understood the importance of going out there and having success offensively from a super young age, and I've always wanted to be great at baseball, so I just have dove in day after day for years on end. Um, since I was nine years old, I've been researching hitting early in the mornings, after school, whatever. Um, and so I just love the conversations with the guys and I want to be able to share the knowledge I have and also um, bounce back information from guys and, and learn myself. Um, hitting's very, it's a very interesting thing. Like everyone's got a different swing everyone's bodies move different and so just learning more and more about that and how i can um, be the best teammate i can in terms of conversation with hitting is is interesting and i love it how about the base stealing side of things uh you're a fast player so that's another aspect of your game how much uh, have you studied that and and look to improve on that as well yeah i uh i've always had some wheels and i trained really hard to get faster in high school 
um, but I felt like I never stole bases how I could and I always wondered my first one to three steps was always felt slow to me it didn't feel right and and I get thrown out by like I shouldn't be getting thrown out when I'm fast like that you know so I really wanted to take that next step and I had a coach her name's Rachel Bolkovitz. Um she was the hitting coach for me in Sydney uh, in 2019 or 2020 2020 I think and uh, she was working with the Yankees at the time. She still is working with the Yankees. Um, and their base running coach is a guy named Matt Tallarico, who who used to work at, I believe, Wright State, and they used to steal the most bases in the year, in the D1 baseball every year, really, when he was the coach there. And he wrote a book on base running. And she actually, I was talking to her about base running, and she, lovely person, um, recommended me that book. And... Um, I then read into that book and did a lot of research into base running, watched a lot of film and figured out kind of the guys that were making the most of their speed in the minors and in the majors. Uh, and yeah, I guess I had a little phase where I really dove into that. And then I got better at it, but I didn't always have the confidence to go trust it. And so, um, yeah, I, I had a conversation with a guy who was leading the Pac-12 in in stolen bases last season in the spring his name was Rodney Green from Cal Berkeley and he he just told me like hey like I'm just running a lot I'm trusting it I've got confidence there's some things I'm looking for and I kind of took note of that and that night I saw five bags in the game and from there I just went and it was just a confidence thing so a lot of this game's mental and I had the skill to do it I just had to find the right cues in my head when I was out there to go like go out and do it you got an inter-squad game coming up, so I won't keep you too much no, longer no here. Um, okay. What's something that uh, we won't find in a scouting report about you that, that you think people should know about, about you? I think that my... <laughs> Damn. I, I think I make the people around me better on, on, on and off the field. Um, I feel like I'm constantly willing to improve myself and um, trying to be a better person teammate player day in day out and I think that rubs off on people and I also um, I think that I'm constantly building as much knowledge as I can whether it's on and off the field and I can share that with guys and I my work ethic and intention and obsession with the game um, can be infectious and help the guys around me so I think that I'm just gonna I've showed at least I've showed myself since a young age that I can continue to get better, get better, get better, and there's not really, I'm not really setting limits on myself, and so personally I think I can go really far in the game, and I, I believe that I've got a sort of innate ability to find a way to get better, I don't know. Uh, last question yeah. for you, we asked this of, of most of the guests who come on our podcast, what does the game of baseball mean to you? Uh, everything, I, I think that it really... My day-to-day -day thoughts and actions revolve around my dreams and goals and the people that I've came to be with in this game. So, uh, yeah, I credit a lot to the opportunities that the games gave me. And I think a lot of my goals and the future vision for myself is based around giving back and in this game. And it, it all comes through the relationships and people that are here with me. So I think just life lessons, constant life lessons, um, and learning how to just be a better person on and off the field and I have great staff here and just great people all throughout my career that have showed me the meaning of the game behind just in the lines so I think it's means a lot to me and I hope that I can 
just continue to be a part of this game and, and go out and give it my best every day. One of Bazana's teammates at Oregon State who was already familiar with Okotoks was outfielder Cannon Reader. The Bend Oregon product played in 16 games for the WCBL Dogs this summer, hitting 317 with a homer, 12 RBI, and 10 stolen bases. He was happy to be back in town and he was also a bit of a tour guide. Cannon, uh, welcome back to Okotoks. Uh, tell me just a little bit uh, about your experience here this uh, this summer playing for the Dogs. For sure, yeah. Well, it's definitely good to be back. It feels like I kind of never left, you know. I was here <laughs> just a couple of weeks ago, but I mean, yeah, I had only good things to say about my time with the Dogs. I had a, a, so much fun. Uh, the team's awesome. The coaches are amazing. Um, just playing baseball every day, it, it's, so, it's so nice just to do my thing out there, you know. So yeah. I, was, I was stoked, stoked. How did you end up playing for Okotoks? What was the, we know some of the connections between uh, OSU and, uh, and and Okotoks, but just for run sure. us through your your <clears throat> recruitment there. For sure. So they kind of, we had a coaches meeting, uh, we had individual meetings, and one of the questions that we were like, hey, where do you kind of, do you have any idea of where you want to play summer ball? And I was, uh, I was like, yeah, I mean, I would love to play somewhere in Canada, experience something different, you know, because I kind of like experiencing different cultures and, and whatnot. Um, so I was either... I had in mind Okotoks first option and or like somewhere in Victoria yep. and um, they obviously made a phone call and got me on the Okotoks and it was it was pretty much from there you know I was I was gonna play here and I was happy for it you know. What was the experience like? Did you did you uh, you weren't here the entire season with Okotoks but uh, did you get uh, enough time to, to experience uh, the, the city and Calgary and absolutely. surrounding area? Absolutely yeah so actually my whole family was over here for the whole month that I was here. Nice. They were staying in the RV park so they were camped out in the RV and uh, when we went on road trips they would kind of adventure around so that was nice that was fun to have them around um, but yeah I mean I experienced the city um, teammates and then I went over a couple times with my brothers and my family um, so I kind of I, I tried to do as much as possible you know outside of baseball I wanted you know Banff a couple times we went over to uh, the dinosaur museum yeah so we I, I really tried to do you know as much as I could and see as much and take it all in you know you got it yeah the chances was this your first uh, time to Canada it or? was yeah. yeah so the first time up here and I'd only heard good things uh from old, from my teammates, uh, you know, the year before me, I had a couple of teammates up here as well, um, and they were hyping it up. So I was like, I was so excited to to experience it for myself. Um, of course, you're here now for uh, the Beavers uh, fall training camp, mm -hmm. um, and like I said, worlds are colliding a little Definitely. bit for you. Did you have a lot of teammates hitting you up? What's this place like? That kind of thing, or? <laughs> Did um, you have to give a scouting report on Siemens Stadium? Yeah, they were definitely asking, like, you know, the first option was obviously go to Micah, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that course. was their first yeah. option, of course. <laughs> but um, I had some insights as well. Micah definitely knows a little bit more than I do, but... Um, yeah, they were they were all about it, and I was just, you know giving them the information what to do around here. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're in Oregon, uh, Oregon born and raised. Is that correct? Or um, I've lived in Oregon. I've lived in Bend for about the last four or five years. Oh, okay. um, I grew up in the Deep South, so I was born in Mississippi, okay. uh, moved over to Florida, and then made the move to Oregon when I was a, when I was in high school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's kind of where it comes from. You know, I want to experience as much as I can. I love yeah. traveling. I love. You know, just taking it all in. Yeah, and how did it, how did things go last season? How was uh, your season? It was Oregon? great. It was great freshman year. Um, got some at bats. Got some playing time. You know, learned a lot. Um, now I'm looking forward to to stepping it up a, a notch. You know, heading into my sophomore year, yeah. and uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. 
give us a scouting report on on you, the player. Uh, obviously, any fans who come down to to Siemens Stadium to watch this camp, they may not be familiar with OSU or, mm-hmm. or you. And uh, just give us the scouting report on you. <laughs> well, so I'm a center fielder, uh, mainly center fielder. So I got a little bit of speed to me, um, mostly contact, but I got a little thump to me as well. So my run game's you know my strongest suit for sure. Bag stealer, chasing balls down in the outfield. And uh, just being uh, aggressive in the box, you know, don't like to punch out a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean, it just contact speed guy for me, and that's what I live up to, and that's what I, that's what I love to do. Nice. Any goals uh, or mental approach you're taking entering this uh, this coming season? Um, yeah, I definitely. Hmm. I definitely want to, you know, get more physical. That's been a big thing. Uh, I've gained quite a quite a bit of a. Wait to me the last month or two. Um, so just getting bigger, um, getting stronger, getting faster. You know, just upping my game as much as I can is uh, is my main goal. Nice. Uh, did you end up uh, getting a ring from uh, from this year? Have you, have you I will get a ring. Oh, it's okay. on the way. I, okay. I put my size in, and then uh, Petey is is uh, around Corvallis, so he'll he'll contact me when it comes in, and he'll hook, you up. And I'll, he'll hook me up with a ring. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Nice. And can uh, dogs fans expect to see you again this summer? Are you still gonna gonna? Um, it's all up in the air. Well, yeah. you know, it's a, it's definitely up in the air. I don't have anything locked down quite yet. And, you know, summer just ended, so I'll kind of take all my options as they come and and go from there. See what happens. But I would love to come back. But I would also love to experience something new, you know, as 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 I should, you know, take it all in. But yeah, I'm excited. Nice. To see where it goes. Uh, last question for you. We asked this to most of the people who come on the, the podcast. What does the game of baseball mean to you? Man, it means everything. Uh, everything. Ever since I was little, you know, this has been my whole life. So just the game of baseball is 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 all I can think. It's all I can think about. It's all I do. You know. Yeah, it's everything to me. Awesome. It means right. so much. Yep. Another beaver with Okotoks Connections is Dogs Academy grad Micah McDowell. He hit 342 with 7 home runs, 47 RBI, and 15 stolen bases in 56 games for the Beavers this spring. He was also an all-star with the Dogs back in 2022, but decided to take this past summer off. Mike, it's been a, it's been a little while since we chatted. Mm-hmm. Uh, just bring us up to speed on uh, how your summer went. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I took about two, three weeks off after the season just to kind of reflect and kind of uh, give my body a little rest. It was the first like full season I played in a long time. So uh, the rest and recovery was really important for me, especially arm wise. But yeah, then I came back to Okotoks uh, leading up to the draft just to uh, get some workouts in and be around uh, some friends and some uh, coaches here that have been with me uh, the whole ride. And, you know, got a, got a couple calls and uh, things didn't line up as I'd like it to. But uh, yeah, now I'm back at Oregon State for my for my fifth year and we got we got a really good group it's it's going to be exciting and i think uh we'll be able to make an omaha around this year so tell me uh, a little bit about being here for the summer and not not being on that field after you won a championship and then of course okotoks won a, another title this year but was it hard to actually be here and not get out there in the evening and- yeah it was definitely a little tough especially talking to uh tugboat too i know he wanted to be out there a bunch and uh, it's just crazy how every year they find a way to get more and more fans to come and bring the excitement. But also just the the guys that were there the year prior, not getting to play with them was uh, a little tough. But, you know, it's also fun to watch them uh, 
ball out and bring another championship back. So, yeah. Were you able to actually enjoy the experience as a fan a little bit? Were you like, oh yeah, this is actually not too bad? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it was, it was fun to sit back and just and just watch uh, some other guys compete instead of instead of being out there. But you always you always want to be out there and yeah. try and try and do something. But yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about the, I don't want to dwell too much on it, but just the, the draft coming and going and, and your experience. You, you touched on it a little bit, but um, what was that like just nerves-wise? and everything? Like that, That's a lot to take in that whole yeah, time frame. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a lot of, a lot of nerves. I mean, uh, the guys that go through the draft process know that you never really know where you're going to go till, uh, till you get the call. So, you know, I was hearing all kinds of things and just kind of keep a level mind, not get too too high up, not get too high down. I mean, I was just grateful I was able to go out and have a great year and, and put myself in that position. But, you know, I, I got a couple calls, but being treated as a grad transfer, it's 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 kind of tough to to get the money that you want and the, and the round that you want. So, you know, I think the best option for me was just coming back, being able to, you know, get my master's at Oregon State, which is huge for my future. But... Um, also, we brought in a bunch of bunch of new arms, bunch of new guys that are, are really going to help us this year. And uh, there's a lot of hype around this team, which is which is super cool. And we're trying to bring a, a Omaha run back to Corvallis. So yeah. Who did you lean on through through the draft period, but also the summer, just uh, maintaining your sanity? I assume you have some internal and self exercises for that. But who was your kind of go to? Did you have a coach or a teammate that that you were texting and calling a lot, or, or yeah, family, yeah, or? for sure, <laughs> definitely family, and uh, definitely uh, Tyler Hollick here. You know, he's yeah. been he's been with me since the start. So, you know, talking to him, talking about his process and what he went through. And also, you know, other guys like uh, Jacob Melton, Wade Meckler, and even Gavin Logan, just past guys that have been through this program that have that went through the process uh, not too long ago and just, you know, asking them uh, what they went through, what kind of calls they got and stuff like that really, really helped and really helped me keep a level mind because I know when you get when you get too high up and you get your hopes up too much and you get that let down, it, it doesn't feel too good. So uh, I'm... I'm content with it, and I'm happy happy to be back and, uh, yeah, another year at Oregon State. So. I, I do want to look ahead to this season, but before we do that, I want to go, go back a little bit because last year was just a really great year for you. You kind of you came out of the summer, you, you win a title with the Dogs, and you, you know, what could best be described as a, as a breakout year for you. Like you said, staying healthy and just you just went after it and had a great season. What, uh, what clicked for you and what... Uh, I guess just yeah, what worked well for you? Uh, I think just the the confidence piece. Uh, really looking at the at the mental side and what I need to do to uh, be ready to go out there and just play loose to the best of my ability and not let my mind hold my abilities back. So uh, just the confidence aspect. Couple swing changes with uh, some guys here right now, but um, yeah, it it really once you start to see the results and start to see that average up and. You know, a couple home runs, a couple doubles, then uh, it really allows you to play loose and play the best of your ability. So, uh, this week here we've got the the OSU fall training camp in mm -hmm. Okotoks. It's it's worlds collide for you. What's what's it like? Is it a little bit weird having your OSU family uh, in in your dog's home? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a little weird. You kind of want to kind of want to show off uh, to them about you know how uh, the town of Okotoks is, how the field is, and you know, even how Calgary is, because, uh, you know, I have a lot of pride in, in this program and in this community. So, 
you know, it's cool get, getting a lot of compliments from guys and being like, wow, like, this is insane for a high school, high school field and stuff like that. So, you know, it's cool just to show them baseball in Canada because I know a lot of these, uh, a lot of my American teammates haven't even been outside of the country. So, yeah, super cool and a lot of pride in it. On the flip side, uh, they're going to open up the, the stadium to, for some of the uh, inter-squad games and uh, uh, games against the academy. Maybe give us a scouting report on OSU and then what uh, this team you know, brings to an audience that might be unfamiliar with it. Mm -hmm. I think uh, you know, we filled a couple holes uh, from last year at a shortstop and uh, third base that are going to bring a lot of excitement. We have a shortstop transfer from Washington State, Elijah Hamline, and he's uh, unreal, swings it really well. Uh, and you also get to watch a first rounder second baseman that could be a potential top five pick uh, in this upcoming draft from Australia, my boy uh, Travis. So yeah, it's gonna, I mean, one through nine and even beyond that, it's a, it's a really deep team with the bat and defensively, we got a lot of speed. And uh, we also brought in quite a few arms that can run it up there in low, low mid nines. So it's, it's gonna be fun to watch for the fans and but also fun to, you know, compete against your old coaches and have some fun out there. I saw you talking with uh, with Travis uh, around the cages. Are you are you good friends with him? Do you how do you uh, you know not just being a good teammate with him, but how do you pick his brain, knowing that he's likely someone who's who's going to be a high selection in the in the draft? Yeah, for sure. You're always picking a guy's brain like that when he does when he does it so easily at a high level. I mean, uh, you want to just take whatever you can from that guy. But he's he's super personable and he loves. He loves giving feedback and honest uh, opinions about you know guys' swings and even defensively what they're doing and even sprint speed and stuff like that. But yeah, he's he's been my roommate for the past two years now, and I think he's really pushed me to to be the, the best to my ability, even when it comes to you know like nutrition, diet, um, off-field stuff. Like he he's just a guy you you want around because he brings you up and. Uh, you know, makes you a better person. What should the baseball world know about this guy? He's, he's you know, like, he's, he's not drafted yet, but mm -hmm. he's, that's that's coming. Uh, well, you know, maybe share a story or two uh, about his his character, his personality, uh, any, any interesting trivia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he's a freak. He's uh, one of the most confident uh, people that I've been around, um, but he, he calls it how it is, and he's gonna be honest with you. Uh, but he also plays the game at a very high level. I mean, the bat to ball is unreal, and the swing with that is unreal. But the guy's the guy's just insane. Like he does, he does everything right, and he's also a great person on top of that. So uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be special for anyone watching to see uh, first rounder in, in Canada. I don't think it's happened very very often. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and getting back to your season, what's your approach to this season? Like I said, you had it phenomenal year everything just kind of came together for you last mm -hmm. year how do you is it is it a different challenge just maintaining that and keeping that going you know and maintaining some kind of momentum from last year yeah it's always tough you know maintaining uh your swing and you know your uh, maintaining the health and stuff like that but i think for me it's just you know kind of putting on some weight trying to trying to hit the ball farther trying to hit get the ops up for more slug is always a big thing you know striving for 10 to 15 home runs, but um, yeah, also just the health side of things, keeping the arm strong, keeping the legs strong, just trying to stay, uh, you know, as healthy as possible every day, because it is a grind when you're out here, you know, every day for twice a day for the next 10 days. 
Well, given that you're trying to put on some weight, I'll try not to keep you from lunch for too much longer, but uh, maybe just uh, one last question for you. What, what uh, do you hope uh, is the main takeaway for, for your OSU teammates from leaving here, both in terms of what the dogs here have here in Okotoks, but also, like you said, the area, Calgary, Southern Alberta, uh, this place that has been home for you for a while. Yeah, I hope they just, you know, get to experience everything I've experienced in uh, my years here and, you know, get to do things like go to Banff and go to downtown Calgary, experience the culture, experience the people, um, but also get to work out in this uh, first class facility as well. I mean, we got it nice in Corvallis, but this for a high school field is just unbelievable. So I hope I hope we get quite a few fans so they can see that the atmosphere that uh, you know the summer team gets to experience as well. But yeah, I'd say those are the main takeaways. Yeah, it could be one of the smaller crowds you played in front of. Yeah, actually, exactly, you, exactly. All yeah. right, well, thank you very much for your time, Mike. And best of luck this Appreciate season. It. And finally, there was a special guest with connections to both programs who stopped by during the camp. Oyen's Gavin Logan is coming off his first full professional season after being selected in the ninth round by the Arizona Diamondbacks in the 2022 MLB Draft. Logan split this past season between single A and high A, hitting a combined 176 with six home runs and 23 RBI in 74 games. Gavin, um, worlds collide here at uh, mm -hmm. Siemens Stadium, hey? Mm -hmm. um, just tell me basically what uh, what are you doing here right now? Are you catching up with some friends, academy side and uh, and OSU side? Yeah, so I'm basically just we, just we just finished like a week or so ago. Um, I came back. Uh, my brother still goes to the academy, so hanging out with him a little bit, seeing him every day. Um, basically, not doing much, just kind of hanging around, talking to the coaches, and then with Oregon State being here, that's kind of a plus. Get to see the old coaches and uh, some of the guys that. I played with when I was here a couple years ago now, so not many of them left, but um, yeah, I know it's, it's pretty cool. I know they've been wanting to do this for a long time, and they wanted to do it when I was actually there, but we can never never get it figured out with all the COVID stuff that happened and us getting across the border, so um, it's nice to finally see them up here, and I think from what I've heard, they've, they're have they enjoying it. I mean, they've had some pretty long days. They're here doing two practices a day. They're getting up at 5.30 every morning, so it's probably been a grind for them, but I think they're enjoying it. Were you? Uh, did you watch the the game against the academy on Saturday? Were you? In I was not you actually. Okay, okay, I was no gone. <laughs> I actually had to go. I went and visited my sister, nice. who I hadn't seen in nine months. So I went up there, up to Edmonton to visit her. So I actually wasn't. But both my parents were here because okay. my brother was. My brother caught. I want to say the second half of it, maybe. Okay. Um, but yeah, I heard it was. Heard it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just give us a rundown on, on your year. I mean, you know, the last time I think we caught mm -hmm. up with you, you'd just been drafted. You're yep. getting, you know, getting into pro ball. Yep. Now you've, you've got a year under your belt. What's, what's that life yeah. like? It's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely a lot different than the college life. I'd say it's just because we started, I think I started in oh, middle of January and then went for three weeks, had 10 days off and then straight into spring training and been basically going every day since then. So, uh, it's definitely a, big adjustment um i would say a lot of like the preparation from when i was younger being here and then of course at oregon state has helped me out a lot like mentally and physically obviously and just how to understand like my game and how i play the game um but it was definitely some eye-opening moments and it's just you just got to get used to like it's the everyday thing and you're not used to that like college f four games a week 
it's, it's still it's still just so much different like six games a week have an off day you don't really have any like super down time to really dive into things like swing wise or or anywhere else in your game so you gotta take care of it just every day before the game and that was that was probably the biggest thing it's you got to work on stuff every day and then you got to go play the game and you have to separate that from and you can't be thinking about that during the game so it's it's a lot different how how did you feel about how how you played and and that kind of thing both hitting and defense wise uh, defensively felt not unreal but uh decent could have been better obviously it can always be better but i felt pretty good for most of the year had a few weeks in june or july where it kind of dipped a little bit and eventually got it got that figured out got the issues figured out and kind of went back to what i was doing defensively um but offensively very up and down i uh, definitely should have been a lot better but it'll, it'll get better so yeah. next year there's always some, some some stuff to figure out so yeah what's what's next for you do you know where you're going to be going to next and, and when does that happen um well, right now I'm basically just hanging out, not doing a whole lot, just kind of letting the body recover from the year. Uh, just physically, it takes a pretty big toll on you, and I'm not used to it. And did you have any injuries or just, nope? Just that was the biggest up. thing. <laughs> yeah, biggest yeah. thing for the year that I like took away from is I stayed healthy the whole time. Yeah. I didn't miss any games because something was bothering me or anything like that. I was sick once, but yeah. that's completely unrelated to being actually injured. Um, but that was the biggest takeaway I took away from it. Um, but now just hanging out um, I have a wedding to go to down in Oregon at the yeah. beginning of October so I'm not doing much then until then and I'm going home in a couple of days back to Oyen so and then after the after the wedding I'll figure out what the heck I need where I'm <laughs> gonna be at and next I don't know if I'm gonna be here or if I'm gonna stay down there and train for the offseason so, so that's to be determined Thanks again to all of our guests for joining us this week, as well as everyone with Dogs Academy and Oregon State for being so accommodating. A big thanks as well to our Ian Wilson for his great work in covering the story. He'll have a photo gallery and more written stories to come on our website. On a personal note, here's hoping we see more big schools from down south consider making the trek to Alberta in the years ahead as it'd give us a chance to showcase what we have to offer. I mean, how cool would it be to see similar camps in Vauxhall, St. Albert, Medicine Hat, Lethbridge, Sylvan Lake, Fort McMurray, Spruce Grove, Brooks, Edmonton, or any other community here? A big thanks as well to all of you for downloading and listening. As always, if you like this or any other episode, drop us a rating and review as those actions help spread the word about ADS. And a tip of the cap to our Platinum supporters for all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta. The Okotoks Dogs and AHP Academy have been incredible teammates helping us tell the game stories in our province. For more, head to albertadugoutstories.com slash supporters. Until next time, thank you for all of your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.